It's the 2022 World Cup. It's the squad update for Canada. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin. And I'm Connor. And today we are updating Canada's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Yes, we've done a media cast on the groups, which took a close look at Canada's team, as well as a player media cast, which went through each of the candidates uh, for making the final squad. Uh, and there are also short versions of these. The player edition ended with a prediction of the starters, and we're going to do the same thing here. Yes, yeah, so this media cast is an addendum to that. In other words, we won't be repeating all of that, uh, but we'll be summarizing the key information and adding on to it. So it's not necessary to listen to that uh, previous version, but the conclusions we draw here are both based on that information and explained in more uh, detail there. So we recommend the full player media cast, but uh, if we have time, we're hoping to release a player version focused solely on the final squad, giving the bios of just those 26 players. Yes, and the final squads have been released, so today we'll find out how accurate we were in our predictions. And we're going to list the names of the candidates and then announce who made the uh, uh, final squad in Canada's place. No, uh, Canada's case, no preliminary squad was released. So as we guessed, most squads had a few surprises. Players who didn't make it and new or unexpected players who did. So we'll go over those players and summarize them again at the end. Yes, and we'll also discuss whether the selections and the games played since June 2022 have changed our thoughts on our predicted starters and on the team's prospects. So here we go, Canada. Uh, this is what I always dreamed of, Connor. We both have the appropriate shirts. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, yes, my shirt had been in the frigid cold in, uh, in Edmonton, but I can assure you I wasn't wearing a T-shirt that day. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, first World Cup since 1986, uh, definitely feeling the country getting excited. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, our podcast begins with a look at formations. We kind of focused on the um, uh, we kind of focused on the September games here, but we'll just kind of give a bigger picture than that and uh, and uh, look at those games in context with everything from the Gold Cup. <laughs> that's a lot to look at. Uh, Connor, do you have any uh, observations there? Yeah, a lot of games in that time and also a lot of formations used. Um, sometimes two strikers, sometimes one, sometimes three at the back, sometimes four. Um, really varied quite a bit. Um, the three friendlies, though, that they've had recently, they in each case use a 3-4-1-2 formation. Um, and yeah, so that's perhaps a sign that that's what they're planning to start the World Cup with. I wouldn't be surprised if Canada goes for an extra bit of security at the back, given the opposition they're facing here, as opposed to some of the teams they met in qualification. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Canada is is flexible, and I think their coach Herdman has talked about being flexible and having different game plans to suit different teams. Yeah, I got to hand it to you. I mean, in in this they, uh, Gold Cup, they basically started with uh, three at the back. And then uh, pretty firmly went to four at the back during qualifying. And uh, you actually predicted in the previous podcast that they may go with three at the back uh, for the World Cup. And that does seem to be what they're preparing for in the friendlies uh, with that consistent three, four, one, two formation. So uh, let's go over those friendlies. And um, do you have the results for us? 
Yeah, so it started um, actually with a match against the host Qatar. That was played in Austria, and that was a 2-0 win for Canada, so that was quite good. Yeah. Um, then they played in Slovakia against Uruguay. That was a, a 2-0 loss. Um, and then finally they have a friendly in Bahrain um, against Bahrain, um, and that one ended in a 2-2 draw, I believe. Okay. Yeah, that was a draw. And, uh, yeah, I'll just uh, mention that in those games, the two uh, the two games in September, the ones against Qatar and Uruguay, uh, they used their A-team uh, for those games, so pretty much fielding the players who were would be likely to start or potential starters. The last game in November against Bahrain was a B-team game, and uh, even the subs they brought on were kind of uh, B-team players. So just a couple of starters uh, used in that game okay well we move on to uh talking about the squad and let's begin with the manager all right so the uh manager of canada uh since 2008 uh 2018 pardon is john herdman yes and uh yeah we won't go into detail on the uh on the players here because we did that in the full-length podcast but you can go and review if you want kind of their bios as far as this uh, media cast goes we're just going to go through the names so review the names of the candidates and their likelihood for making the squad and then we'll announce uh, who made the squad and then finish with a summary of the position so take it away for goalkeepers connor Yes, we had two definites. Um, that was Milan Borian and Maxime Cropo. Uh, we had one likely candidate for goalkeeper. That was uh, Dane St. Clair. And then we also had two possibles, uh, Jason Lutweiler and James Pantamis. All right. And uh, the big announcement here. So uh, Milan Bor- uh, Borian uh, made the squad. Uh, however, our other definite candidate uh, did not make the squad. Uh, He was injured, so we'll come back to that. Maybe Connor can uh, tell us what happened there. Uh, That leaves the likely candidate, uh, Dane St. Clair, uh, as probably the uh, backup keeper now. And uh, between uh, Lutweiler and and, uh, Pantamus, it was actually uh, Pantamus that got the call-up. So uh, do you want to tell us what happened with Maxime uh, Crepeau there? Yeah, very unfortunate. Uh, he plays for LA uh, FC, who were playing in the MLS Cup final um, on November 5th, and he suffered a tibia fracture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so unfortunate, his final game before uh, joining the squad. So he's uh, his return date's unknown, but he's out for the Cup. Yeah, yeah, so that's a, a bit of a loss there. And uh, especially considering uh, that... Uh, St. Clair and uh, Pantamus have one cap between them. Does that make you a bit nervous? It does. I mean, we expect Borian to obviously be the starter. Um, but if an injury happens, um, you know, it's somebody who's barely stepped on the field for Canada and they'd be doing so in, in the World Cup. So, um, yeah, it's just, just extra, um, just fingers crossed that Borian can stay healthy because it really, there's virtually no experience um, on the bench. Yeah. Yeah, I guess under normal circumstances, if he didn't get injured, it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't make a difference. But boy, if he gets injured, that's going to be uh, a big worry. 
Anyway, uh, in terms of summarising the position, the pecking order has always been fairly clear. Uh, even though Borian was rested for the 2021 Gold Cup, uh, we pretty much knew he was going to come back and be the starting keeper. So, so he did, and he played 12 of the 16 games since the uh, Gold Cup, while Crepo played uh, the Gold Cup, as mentioned, and the other four games. Uh, Dane, Dane St. Clair started the uh, November B-team friendly, uh, assuring us that he was pretty much the second keeper there. And uh, Borian played the other two in September. So Crepan's uh, injury moved St. Clair up to second, it seems. But uh, we actually would have expected Lutweiler over Pantamus uh, for the greater experience. Um, I just uh, If you can look up how many caps he has, but I know he's been involved more. So... Um, uh, Pantamus also hadn't been selected for the last eight matches to June 2022, so that also kind of made us feel like Lutweiler was a bit uh, ahead of him in the pecking order. Yeah, Lutweiler has three caps, um, Pantamus none. Um, Pantamus um, is eight years younger, though. He's 25 and not uh, 33, so maybe it's um, a bit of experience if they see him having more of a role going forward, but... Yeah, I, uh, th I thought Lutweiler had more than three caps, but he has been in the last three Gold Cups, uh, even if he's on the bench. So he'd be a bit more uh, familiar with kind of the tournament yeah. experience. Uh, okay, well, let's move on and um, we will uh, take a look at central defenders. So uh, who do we have there? Yeah, a couple definite candidates. Um, we have Stephen Vittoria, um, Kamal Miller, um, Daniil Henry, um, and as well uh, Scott Kennedy. So four definite candidates for centre-back. One possible in Derek Cornelius, and then two who seem to be off the squad, Ricardo Ferreira and Frank Stirring. Okay, well, we'll pretty quickly eliminate uh, those who are off the squad. So Ricardo Ferreira and Frank Stirring uh, not making the squad. Uh, and going back to the beginning, Stephen Victoria did make the squad, as did, uh, however, uh, Daniil Henry uh, did not uh, did not make the squad. Kamal Miller did make the squad, and uh, Scott Kennedy uh, was injured. Um, that probably opened up room for Derek Cornelius if he wasn't going to be selected, but he is selected. And also, uh, they brought in a new candidate here, uh, Joel Waterman. So uh, we'll tell you a little bit about him uh, shortly, but uh, let's talk about uh, Scott Kennedy. Yeah, so Scott Kennedy uh, picked up a shoulder injury in early November. So he also has a uh, unknown return date, but is out of the cup. So very unfortunate for him. And for Daniil Henry, um, that seems to be an injury as well. That's uh, kept him out. Oh, okay. Well, I uh, I didn't see that on the um, uh, on my main source. I'm just looking for it here. And uh, yeah, it's it wasn't in the source I looked for. Um, so I'm a bit taken by surprise by that one because we did have him as a definite candidate. Um, Okay, well, let's look at the new candidate, uh, Joel Waterman, since we didn't kind of cover him in the uh, uh, in the main podcast. We should give a little bio of him here. Uh, Joel Waterman last appeared actually for the team in March 2021 
uh, until he uh, was called up for the last warm-up game uh, before being named to the preliminary squad. So uh, uh, returning to the squad uh, after uh, a long absence. Yeah, he's a 26-year-old defender who plays for uh, Montreal in MLS. Okay, so uh, two two defenders uh, out for us there. We'll maybe try to find a bit more information on what exactly it is for Daniil Henry. But meanwhile, we move on to left uh, backs. Oh, no, I got to summarize the position here. So uh, a summary of central defense. Uh, Vittoria and Kamal Miller have been the mainstays since the 2021 Gold Cup. Uh, right back Johnson seems to uh, seems to be the main one to come in when it's a three-man defence. Uh, in the September friendlies, it was Waterman given a tryout. Um, actually, uh, no, Waterman was in the November uh, friendly. In the September friendlies, uh, defensive midfielder Piet. Uh, played in the B-team game there in November. And then exactly what we said for the September games, it was uh, Vittoria and Miller, accompanied by uh, right-back Johnson in that three-man defence. Yeah, and just an, an update on Daniil Henry. It appears to be a calf injury that was suffered right before that uh, game with Bahrain. So um, oh. another November injury for Canada, very unfortunate. That is too bad. Okay, we'll mark him in red. Thanks for checking that out. And now we are ready to move on to left back. So uh, who do we have for candidates? Yeah, so we have as a definite candidate, Sam Adekubi. And as possible candidates, we have Raheem Edwards and Christian Gutierrez. Right. And in the original podcast, we did have Camille, uh, Kamal Miller here because he was coded as a left back. We moved him to centre back. And I see that uh, now, now, uh, now my main source is coding him as a centre back. So, uh, in terms of who made the squad, Sam Adekupe uh, was selected, and um, however, Raheem Edwards and Christian Gutierrez were not selected. Um, so, who do you see as the backup for uh, left back there, Connor? Yeah, I mean, we had mentioned um, that Miller could play that position. Um, yeah. But if he's, um, yeah, so I guess that would be the most likely if, if someone's sliding over um, and then having, you know, Kamal Miller move out of central defense. So, um, yeah. Uh, it could be the versatile Richie Laria who uh, uh, had played at left back, um, I think, before the 2021 Gold Cup. Um, perhaps as a backup. Anyway, let's talk about uh, the uh, position uh, as a whole. So, uh, as I said, uh, La um, uh, Laria and Kamal Miller used to play uh, left-back, but Adekupe has made the position his own since the 2021 Gold Cup. And he also sometimes moves up to a left-winger wing, uh, a left -winger position in a three-man defence. Uh, Raheem Edwards, who didn't make the squad, did actually start the uh, B-team November friendly, and it was uh, Adekupe as a left-winger in the two September games there. Okay, on to right back, and uh, who do we got? Yeah, two definites in Alistair Johnson and Richie Larea, who you mentioned is a pretty versatile player, and possible but unlikely, we have Zachary Brogiard. Uh Yes, uh, uh, Larea is a versatile player, but... Um, 
and I think he has played at right back, but we are actually moving him to uh, uh, right midfield. I mean, he could kind of be anywhere there, but uh, uh, we'll move him to uh, right midfield because uh, that's a position he's been playing mostly in this period. So that leaves us with um, Alistair Johnson and Zachary Broke-Giard. So Alistair Johnson did make the squad and uh, Broke-Giard did not. He was possible but unlikely uh, anyway. So uh, again, we'll probably have some out-of-position player uh, playing as backup for uh, this position also. So um, in summary, Alistair Johnson is the staple uh, right back. And as we noted, he also moves into uh, the three-man central defense, uh, in which case it will be another player playing in the winger position, uh, though Johnson... Um, uh, no, Johnson doesn't really move up to the winger position, but he has played as a defensive midfielder. Uh, in the friendlies, Waterman started... Uh, as the right central defender in the uh, B-team November friendly. But uh, in that game, Johnson played as a central midfielder. And uh, Johnson was also the right central defender in the two September friendlies. And um, yeah, we'll talk later about those who played in the winger position uh, when we get to more offensive players. All right, All right so we've uh, completed the defense and we move on to defensive midfielders. And uh, on we go. Yeah, so we have um, two definites. Um, we have Steven Eustachio and Samuel Piet. And then also two likelies in Liam Fraser and Atiba Hutchinson. Um, and then our list of defensive midfielders ends there. Right, okay. And all four of those made the squad. So uh, Steven Eustachio and Samuel Piet. And the two likely candidates, Liam Fraser and Atiba Hutchinson. So, uh, but before we summarize the position, we should uh, do the central midfielders because they often overlap. Yeah, so we have a couple here, a couple names to mention. For definite, we have Mark Anthony Kay. Uh, for possible, we have Ishmael Kone, um, a youngster with Montreal. And then for seems to be off the squad, we have Harry Patton and Scott Arfield. Yeah, that's right. Still wondering uh, what happened to Scott Arfield. Uh, but uh, Mark Anthony Kay did make the squad, as did Ishmael Kone. Uh, I think Ishmael Kone played as a forward recently, so maybe his uh, position isn't really set. Anyway, for the players who seem to be off the squad, uh, Harry Patton and Scott Arfield, indeed they are off the squad, at least for this World Cup. And um, now we can move on to a summary of the defensive and uh, central midfielders. Okay, so uh, it's almost always a two-man central midfield, and uh, Ustakio and Kay was the default uh, pairing for a while, but increasingly Kay was replaced by uh, Hutchinson. Um, Piet also, um, uh, sorry, Piet also moved into the position sometimes, and also a few other players uh, stepping in. Uh, Hoylet, Wotherspoon, and Kone have all had turns uh, in this position. Uh, and we also saw right defender Johnson. Uh, and in fact, it was right defender Johnson and uh, Mark Anthony Kay starting the B-team uh, friendly in November. 
Uh, but for the two uh, September friendlies where they basically used an A-team, uh, it was Eustachio, and perhaps a bit surprisingly, Connor, uh, Eustachio and Piet, uh, the, the pairing in both of those September friendlies. Yeah, a little surprised with Piet. He seems to be kind of the uh, the perpetual sub. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he'll go back to that role. But, um, yeah, you never know. Um, yeah, Hutchinson is 39 years old, but he'll uh, be desperate to get on the field after having such a long career with Canada. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he did kind of, um, you know, uh, well, we're going to say when we predict the starters, uh, I'll save it for then, <laughs> whether we prefer Hutchinson or Kay in that uh, uh, position. Uh, meanwhile, we move on to uh, uh, left and right midfielders. Sorry, I don't have the uh, graphic here for left midfielders. But actually, we don't have any candidates uh, for left midfielders. So I will just... Um, uh, I'll just uh, describe the position. So actually, uh, they haven't often used a three-man midfield. And um, uh, the few times they did, it was generally attacking midfielder Osorio coming back uh, to play alongside the two uh, defensive and central midfielders. That's perhaps oversimplifying it a bit, but, uh, uh, but there we have it. Uh, let's move on to right midfielders because we do have a couple of candidates or actually we're just kind of moving uh, Richie Laria here because it's kind of a convenient place to do so. Yeah, so Richie Laria we consider a definite candidate, or a definite candidate. and we had one uh, other player who was injured at the time so we kind of had um, kept him in that injured from our last podcast and that was uh, David Witherspoon. Yes, and I can move him out of here now as soon as I find a uh, uh, the right um, graphic. So now, uh, uh, yes, fortunately he recovered. So uh, he moves up to portable. And um, yeah, I got to say, we were a bit skeptical about his chances of making the squad. Um, uh, do you want to tell us a bit about how his injury went? Yeah, so he had a cruciate ligament injury from late October. Um and uh yeah he was able to return from that um, yeah it was uh late october 2021 so it went on for a whole year oh that's right yeah sorry that's why i was confused so he returned in early october 2022 um so we so for that reason we've been a bit skeptical about his chances of making the squad um including some concerns about the match fitness but he did return to action in october 2022 and uh has been selected so um must be very satisfying after a long recovery journey yeah, and I'm kind of anxious to see him because uh, we haven't seen him on the field uh, quite a bit, but he's always uh, uh, seemed to be called up uh, at least to the bench when he has been fit. So uh, it'll be interesting to see him in action uh, again, probably as a sub rather than as a starter. But I jumped ahead of myself a bit there and didn't say who made the squad. And in fact, both of them, uh, Richie Laria and uh, David Wotherspoon, uh, both making the squad. And yeah, uh, we, we uh, mentioned before that Richie Larea is really a roving, versatile kind of player. Uh, I mean, he plays back in defense and also uh, scores goals for them uh, or is a threat offensively, at least. So uh, really all over the field. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, um, yeah, the same thing as uh, left midfielder. They don't often use the position and... Uh, and uh, in general, Osorio joins the defensive or central midfielders. So I think we're ready to move on 
uh, to uh, we're going to combine left wingers and left attacking midfielders because uh, well at least on, on the right more than on the left it's uh, the same players uh, playing it but we'll parse that out here but let's begin by looking at the candidates yeah so for definite we have Alfonso Davies um, for possible but unlikely um, we have uh, Jacob Schaffelberg and Luca Coliosho. And one player who will know it seems to be off the squad is Jaden Nelson. Right, and we can um, uh, delete uh, those from the list here um, because uh, Schaffelberg, Coliosho, and Jaden Nelson didn't make it. Uh, as far as Alfonso Davies go, uh, we have a bit of an injury uh, issue. Do you want to handle that or me? Yeah, you can speak about it and I can fill in. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, well, we were all shocked uh, um, when with Bayern Munich, he got a torn muscle fiber injury, uh, which he picked up in early November. And uh, the situation is that his return is expected on uh, November 17th. So uh, he was selected for the squad. So that's a, a kind of a sign of hope. But honestly, if his, you know, if, if, if he was pierced by a, a large piece of metal, we would still select him for the squad because we would just hope for him to be there. Yeah, Canada held his collective breath when he picked up that injury so close to the World Cup. Um, but thankfully, it does look like he'll be fit and ready for action. Yeah, have you heard any more about that? Uh, about, um, uh, you know, uh, how realistic uh, it is? I do think it's realistic that he will be in Canada's first game. Oh well, that would be wonderful. Yes, as you say, we're all uh, we're all quite nervous about that. Uh, okay, let's move on to uh, right wingers. And um, no, I got to summarize the position on the left wings. Uh, so, uh, in the uh, actually in the Gold Cup, it was uh, pretty simple. It was Buchanan and Laria on. Uh, on the wings and the two switch sides after game three uh, kind of a sign of how versatile they are however um uh, laria didn't play on the left wing after that uh, the left winger sometimes moved up uh, adekube that is so adekube more than anyone and then i would say secondarily davies um played on the left wing davies though more often as a left attacking midfielder uh, otherwise, it was really a really wide variety of players uh, playing on the wing. And um, in the September and November friendlies, though, it was the left winger uh, who pushed up. So two games at a coupe and one game Raheem Edwards. Uh, and also, I'll talk about left attacking midfielder because that's pretty simple here. Uh, almost always, it's Alphonse Davies and Hoylet and Osorio have stepped into the role a couple of times each. Phew. Okay, are we ready to move on to the right side? Yes, we'll talk about the, the right wingers and right attacking um, midfielders. Um, so we have a definite ca um, candidate in Tejon Buchanan. And then one who we just note seems to be off the squad is Tyler Pasher. Yes, okay. And uh, the players making it were uh, uh, Taishan Buchanan. That's no surprise to us. He's become uh, quite important for Canada. However, Tyler Pasher uh, not selected for the squad. Okay, and uh, we'll summarize that position then. So the right winger uh, is a bit different from the left. 
uh, in that the right uh, the right defender doesn't really push up to the wing uh, as much. We saw that Johnson kind of uh, uh, goes back into central defence, so that opens up room uh, for other players. So uh, usually it's Buchanan and uh, Larry are coming in uh, sometimes. And in some instances, like a 3-2-2-2-1 formation, it can actually be both Larry and Buchanan uh, playing on the right side there. Uh, in terms of the right attacking midfielder position, uh, that is uh, regularly uh, Tejon Buchanan. The last category is uh, general or versatile midfielders. And uh, we have a couple of candidates there. Yeah, one in the definite category, that's uh, Junior Hoylet, and also um, a likely candidate in Liam Miller. All right, well, both of those players uh, did make the uh, the squad. Um, all right, and there's no real need to define these positions. It's pretty much self-explanatory. Uh, Hoylet uh, uh, plays all over the place. Uh, I think I've seen him as a forward once and as a central midfielder once. Any comment on him? You may be a bit more familiar. Um, yeah, he can really play anywhere across the midfield. He's often employed in kind of a um, out wide somewhere, but he can do right, can do left, further up, a bit more central. Um, yeah, kind of a definition of a versatile midfielder, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and uh, Liam Miller has uh, three starts, and uh, I see now actually my main source quotes him as a left winger. His three starts are all in three different positions, uh, right attacking midfielder, left winger, and left midfielder, and uh, he was initially coded as a forward, but uh, uh, we'll have to fix that up for next time. And speaking of forwards, let's move on to the forwards, and we begin with uh, attacking midfielders. Yeah, just um, actually one candidate in this category, um, but we consider him definite, and that's uh, Toronto FC's Jonathan Osorio. Right, and he uh, did make the squad, so uh, we'll see him at the Cup. Um, uh, in terms of the position, they only sometimes use a system that employs a central attacking midfielder, uh, but when it is used, it's almost always Osorio uh, who plays there. Uh, Hoylet did play there once, and I think it's Osorio uh, five or six times. Uh, but interestingly, they did use it in the recent friendlies, and it was uh, Alphonse Davies playing the central attacking midfielder role in the September games. And in that November experimental game, uh, uh, Osorio did play the attacking midfielder role there. All right, uh, on we go with our last category, the forwards. Yes, so we have two definites, and that's um, Jonathan David and Kyle Laren, um, kind of being a tandem all along. Um, one likely candidate in Ike Ugbo, um, and then we listed Lucas Cavallini and Charles Andreas Brim, um, both as possible. And then a couple of players who seem to be off the squad include uh, Tesho Akindeli, Ayo Akinola, and Theo Corbino. All right. Well, no surprise that uh, Jonathan David and Kyle Laren both uh, selected for the squad. Uh, also our likely candidate, E.K. Uh, e. Ugbo. So I think we've done pretty well in our predictions. What do you think, Connor? I think so far, yeah. Um, I mean, Canada hasn't pulled a ton of surprises, but um, yeah, I think uh, most of our definite and likelies have made it. Yeah, I agree with you. Canada made it uh, pretty easy for us. Uh, Lucas Cavallini, I think we would have uh, 
uh, picked him over Charles Andreas Brim, but they were both portables. Uh, Charles Andreas Brim didn't make it, and nor did uh, the other three that Connor mentioned, Tesho Akindeli, Io Akinolo, Akinola, and Theo Corbino, uh, not making the squad. But we may see those players uh, in the future since they're, uh, well, at least Akinolo and Corbino are quite young. Okay, let's summarize the position. And uh, Connor already uh, kind of mentioned that uh, David and Laren are the kind of default uh, pairing there. Uh, increasingly, actually, they are using a pairing, a two-man forward line. Um, David starts a bit more and uh, sometimes may be joined by uh, Alphonse Davies or Cavallini. Um, uh, so David and Laren both started the September friendlies and in the experimental November game, uh, it was Ishmael Kone, so the central midfielder there, uh, joining with uh, Cavallini as the front pairing. All right, well, that brings us to the end of the player-by-player um, -player view. So we're going to just look at a couple of stats here. We did this for... Uh, we did this for the whole squad, kind of all of the candidates that were available uh, for selection. And now we're going to focus these stats on the 26 that made it. Uh, so do you want to start us off, Connor? Yeah, so the average age is 26.9. Um, it includes three players who are 33 or older, including Atiba Hutchinson at 39, who I already mentioned, and uh, three players 22 or younger. But that includes two of the stars of the team, Alfonso David and or sorry, Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David. Yeah, and together with uh, Tejon Buchanan, um, uh, uh, kind of our strength is in our youth there. So that gives us a lot to look forward to uh, down the road. The average age amongst all, all the teams, I think I've got about uh, 15 um, in the uh, data now. And uh, the average age is 27.1. So uh, the squads of this World Cup proving a little bit older than their previous cups. Uh, that actually puts Canada slightly below average. And um, let's move on to the average number of caps. Yeah, the average caps on the team is uh, 31. 31.0, um, actually. Yeah. Okay, and uh, that makes more sense when we compare to other teams. So the average caps uh, among the teams we've got so far is 34. So Canada, uh, slightly less experienced, but I guess that falls in line uh, with uh, a lot of the players being um, 25 or younger. Mm -hmm. Okay, and let's uh, finally look at goals. Yeah, total goals amongst all players is 123. Um, and total goals per cap is 15.3. Uh, well, we couldn't be happier to report this because uh, Canada has always had a bit of a struggle scoring goals. Uh, how does this compare with other uh, teams? Well, it's good. The average is 13.2, and the range is uh, about uh, 8.7 to 16.9. But more realistically, uh, the range is is about, um, uh, I would say, from about 10 to 16, 11 to 16. So uh, Canada looking uh, pretty good for goals there. Yeah, and some players with very impressive ratios. Jonathan David at 64%. Um, so he scores 22 in 34 games. Um, Kyle Laren at 46. Lucas Cavallini, 51. 
Um, so three players are um, kind of around 50 or above is really good. Yeah, I mean, those are really good numbers. Even uh, Alphonse Davies, 35, one in three games uh, is a really good uh, is a really good number. So um, we're, we're deli- <laughs> delighted to have some scorers having been a bit dry on that in previous years, eh? Absolutely, yeah. A long historic weakness of Canada. Yeah. Now, it should be said, uh, they they uh, unlike a lot of the other CONCACAF teams, they did do the kind of first round of qualification and they were getting some pretty high scores against uh, weak Caribbean teams. Uh, but we always kind of maintained, uh, uh, first of all, the, the all of the CONCACAF teams should have played those games, uh, but it actually works out to the, to the favor of those who did play them because uh, we seemed a bit sharper coming into qualifying, uh, as did the other teams. Panama uh, particularly uh, seemed a bit sharper coming into that final round of qualifying. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it did help just to... Uh figure out what the team is. I mean, not a lot of, I mean, a lot of countries don't have that many opportunities to play together, but this Canadian team has had a very long qualification campaign. I think they've had one of the, they played among the most number of games of any team. Um, so that's probably helped them gel it as a squad. Yeah, which is ironic because another problem we always used to have was uh, uh, finding games to play. You know, we weren't really in a region that, uh, uh, that had its own competition or anything like that. All right, let's finish with uh, some summaries then, and we'll start with uh, notable non-selections. All right, um, so notable non-selections. Um, really, just Jason Lutweiler is the only one we have. Yeah, we're kind of digging a little bit here, and that was more uh, uh, a result of our discussion in the previous podcast uh, we kind of thought he would be the uh, uh, the third keeper there, but it turns out uh, he wasn't. Even still, we only had listed him as possible. Yeah, exactly. So not a big surprise there. Uh, we look at, uh, I guess, the opposite end of that uh, with surprise inclusions. Yeah, so uh, no surprise, I guess, that it's um, that it is a goalkeeper, J- James Pantamis, who basically replaced Jason Lutwider in the squad. We also had Pantamis just as possible. Yeah, and uh, really, uh, we were going to put him as possible, but not likely because he wasn't selected for the last eight matches uh, there. But in fairness, uh, Lutweiler wasn't selected for the last five matches himself. So, uh, But all in all, as you said during the podcast, uh, not really many surprises offered up by Canada. Yeah, virtually none. All right, and uh, not many surprises in terms of new candidates either. We just have one. Yeah, and that's uh, Joel Waterman, and we, we talked about him. Um, he's a center central defender, and when we talk about injuries, we'll see why they are calling up a new central defender. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, I said new candidates. We should be saying new selections now. But um, uh, let's do an update on injuries. We have a couple of, a few categories here. The first one is have recovered from injury. Yeah, so... Um, that was David Weatherspoon. We talked about him. He was out for a year, but he's back now. Great. And uh, we have injury doubts as the next category. This would be players who uh, are injured right now, but they're still on the roster and there are hopes of recovery. Yeah, and we will include Alfonso Davies here as, as the only name. Um, we It looks like he has recovered, but um, 
the the late injury um and i don't think he played for his club team since means that um yeah the injury doubt i guess lingers a, uh, a little bit yeah well let's hope uh, it's not uh we have a few players dropped due to injury yeah um all unfortunate really uh, maxine crapeau um scott kennedy and then just recently we learned daniel henry um so a goalkeeper and two central defenders um which is why we see uh, uh joel waterman called up as a new player in, in that central defensive position right and our last category is uh injured but uh was not a strong candidate and actually we don't have anyone there so i think we're ready to move on to our uh predicted starters so can you introduce the uh position and the squad selections yeah so uh starting with manager we know that will be john herdman um for goalkeepers we have uh, milan borian um Dwayne St. Clair and James Pantamis. Right, and Maxine Crapo is injured there. So uh, in the previous podcast, we had seen Borhan as the starter, and especially with Crapo out, he certainly will be. Uh, the inexperience of the backups, just one, or I guess now two caps uh, between them, uh, causes us a bit of concern. All right, um, moving on to central defenders. Um, we have uh, Stephen Vittoria, Kamal Miller, uh, Derek Cornelius, and Joel Waterman. Of course, a couple injuries there to Daniil Henry um, and to Scott Kennedy. Right. And uh, in the previous called podcast, we had seen Vittoria and Miller as the starters, uh, with uh, right back Johnson coming in if it's a three man defense. But we're going to uh, stick with Vittoria and Miller as the starters and just to be clear uh, for the goalkeeper we also highlighted in green uh, uh, Milan Borian as the starter all right moving on to left backs we have uh, just one in uh, one squad member in that category and that's Sam Adekubi okay and we do see him as a starter just as we did in the previous podcast and we talked a little bit about potential backups uh, during this podcast yeah, and then for right backs, we have Alistair Johnston. <laughs> well, this is all pretty easy, but uh, yes, again, we had Johnson as the starter before, and we don't have any reason to change. All right, in midfield, I'll talk about defensive and central midfielders. So we have Stephen Eustachio, Samuel Piet, Liam Fraser, Atiba Hutchinson, uh, Mark Anthony Kay, and uh, Ishmael Kone. Right. And, uh, well, definitely we uh, always saw Stephen Estacio as a starter there. Uh, we had Estacio and Kay as uh, both as starters uh, in the previous podcast. But looking back, I think we were a bit hasty there and maybe maybe should have had Kay as a sometime starter together with Hutchinson. Uh, in fact, Hutchinson was making inroads and actually may have the advantage uh, now. So we'll correct that here and put Hutchinson as a, oops, Hutchinson as a, um, Hutchinson and Mark Anthony Kay as kind of perhaps alternating or perhaps one or the other. Uh, I think it'll be alternating myself. Yes, I agree. I think Hutchinson will play, but at 39, I don't think he's going to play every single minute of every game. Right, and uh, you even said during the podcast what I think in in that uh, despite starting the last two friendlies or the two September friendlies, uh, I still see Piet as a substitute. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. We're agreed on that. Uh, uh, next. Yeah. Uh, we didn't identify any left midfielders. And for right midfielders, we have Richie Larea and David Witherspoon. Do you see either of them starting? Yeah, Larea is a bit of a tough case. I wish we had something kind of between green and uh, and yellow there. He starts most of the games. But I'm a bit reluctant to say that he's a guaranteed starter. Uh, how about you? Yeah, it, I, I feel like he's a, a backup in many positions or sometimes will come in if there's um, a three-man defense, he'd be the first man in. So, yeah, I, I agree. He does get a lot of starts, but I don't kind of see a natural position that he's made his own. So I'm I'm inclined to say a sometime starter. Yeah, I, I think that's what we went with last time, and that's what we'll go with this time. But as I say, maybe a little bit more than that and a, bit, a little bit less than a starter. Uh, okay, left wingers. Yeah, so Alfonso Davies, what do you think? Uh, I think he might be a starter if he's fit. Yeah, uh, actually, fitness is really the only concern there. Yeah, absolutely. He'll uh, he'll be playing if if he's available. Yeah, we don't really need to say much more about that. Uh, uh, let's move on. Yeah, and on the opposite wing, the right wing, we identified <laughs> Tajan Buchanan. Really, is only the uh, kind of the only um, candidate in that position. Um, yeah, what do you see about Buchanan? Yeah, we do see uh, uh, Hoylett and um, maybe Larry are moving over to to the position, but uh, Buchanan has pretty much made it his own, and and I see him as a starter. I think, and uh, I, I think you'll agree. Yes, absolutely. Okay, uh, general or versatile midfielders. Yeah, um, Junior Hoylett and Liam Miller are the two squad members there. Uh, as much as I like Hoylett, I see him as a, um, as a backup. I mean, he does start, but uh, he's not a guaranteed starter. So for me, the default is, is yellow there. Yeah, I agree. Okay, and now to the forward lines. Yeah, we have one attacking midfielder in the squad. That's Jonathan Osorio. Yeah, much like Hoylett, uh, I think he might get a, a couple of starts, but... Uh, uh, I see him as a sometime starter. Yeah, I think we'll we'll stay with that. And then forward, we have Jonathan David, Kyle Laren, Ike Ubo, and Lucas Cavallini. And uh, we were both pretty clear in the previous podcast and in this one that uh, uh, David and Laren are uh, uh, the starters there. Yeah, um, certainly in a two-forward system. And even if it's just one, there's sometimes room found for uh, for the other one who's not playing in the center forward spot. Yeah, as an attacking midfielder. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Connor. If it is just one, who would you put on the field? Um, I'm going to say Kyle Laren. Partly Jonathan David hasn't been in, in the same hot form he was for Lille in the previous season. Um, I, I just see Laren as a bit more uh, experienced. He has a couple more goals, but um, I'm going to go with Laren. Cool. Well, uh, I would have chosen David, but I know you're a bit more in touch with the leagues that they play in. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see. But as as you said, usually a two-man forward line. Okay, let's finish. And rather than recount uh, uh, everything we said in the team podcast, where we had a long discussion uh, on uh, their prospects and chances. We're just going to focus on a single question here. Uh, does the selection change our opinion about their chances? Um, I mean, really, the squad is what we thought it would be. 
I think a couple injuries in center defense are worrying, but as you talked about, the players who are out, we didn't necessarily consider them starters anyways. So I think Canada's probably going to be able to start its strongest lineup. Um, you know, Davies is healthy. You know, we kept some of our key players healthy going into the World Cup. So um, I think that alone is kind of reason for optimism. Yeah. Uh, I would say, you know, I think we'd be freaking out a little more about Alphonse Davies being injured had we not uh, won World Cup qualification with him there uh, only half the time. And in the Gold Cup too, we kind of learned to play without him. So um, as big a loss as that might be, uh, I don't think it would alarm the team as much as, as if he had always been playing. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. I think outsiders kind of see Canada built around Davies, but really in the qualification, like you said, he wasn't there half the time. Still an important player and, and arguably yeah. our best player, but um, it's not a debilitating loss. Canada can get results without him. Um, but uh, Great. Yeah, hope he's yeah. All right, and do you recall the chances we gave to Canada as a team just quickly? Um, I don't think I predicted them to get out of the group. But I think it's possible. I, I see it as being a very, very competitive uh, group, especially for the second spot. I think Belgium will win the group. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, um, I don't know if we landed on it. I know my own opinion was uh, an outside chance of, uh, of snatching the second place spot. They may take the other teams by surprise. Uh, but honestly, Connor, we said that going into World Cup qualification that, you know, well, maybe they'll make the World Cup. Maybe they won't. Uh, we'll be happy if they put in a good a good foot, you know. And uh, lo and behold, they they surprised us. So maybe I, we can. I do think if you're looking for a dark horse across the entire World Cup, Canada could be it. Um, massive surprises to USA and, and Mexico in qualification. A young, exciting squad that may be underestimated by some European teams, especially. I think Canada are a great dark horse. Um if you're a, if you're a betting person, yeah, and uh, if you're a fan, I mean, at least uh, I'm just happy to see them there. I don't really have high expectations. I don't really think they can disappoint me. Uh, you know, I just like to, to see them uh, able to show their stuff a little bit. And if they end up losing the game, uh, you know, I wouldn't be too upset. Yeah, I agree. I I could accept a valiant defeat, but uh, hopefully, we'll see some wins. Right. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the uh, podcast. And uh, keep in mind, we may be editing together a list of the bios of the 26 final candidates. Uh, if we do that, it'll just be an editing job rather than a new podcast. And if we do it, it'll probably come out in the first few days of the cup. But we are kind of running out of time, so I'm not sure it's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, keep an eye on us at Soccer Files Canada. That's Soccer Files with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And our website, which is soccerfiles.captivate.fm. And check our show notes for links to our website and previous podcast series. All right. Good talking about this with you, Connor. We'll hopefully see you next time. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>